Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 349 and session number 107 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday. And I'm going to do it again today. Super excited to be here. So glad to be able to spend a little bit of time with you and answer some of your questions. Now, let me just remind you, if you want to ask one of your questions and have it aired on an upcoming show, possibly, we'll head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and do that. Just leave your first name, where you're tuning in from, and a brief question, and I'll do my best to answer it here on the show. I love hearing from you guys, so definitely head over there and do that, all right? Now, today we're going to be talking about bundles, we're going to be talking about testing products and ungating, and we're going to talk about Trump's import tax. Oh my gosh, we're going to get into politics. Not really, but uh, we're going to touch on that as well. Now, I want to remind you guys about the show notes. You can find them by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 349. As always, the transcripts will be there for you. Show notes, any links that we mentioned will be uh, dropped in those show notes. So definitely go check those out. Um, I just want to say, guys, like I'm getting so many uh, people in the Facebook group that are just reporting as far as like their journey, as far as like what's going on, like their ups, their downs, and I love it. And I want to really kind of highlight one here right now. So I think it's really important. And the one thing I want to highlight, you guys know on Fridays, I generally give you guys like what's on my mind, kind of like a thought or maybe a phrase or or something that's kind of top of mind for me or something that's just resonating with me for that week. Well, this one here has to do with milestones. I want you guys to really think about this. I want you to maybe even go back to when you started this journey or maybe any other journey because I think it's important to go back in time a little bit and see where you started and where you are now. A lot of times we don't look back at where we started. We just kind of look at where we are in the present and we don't reflect back on the things that that really got us there and the lessons learned through there. So I want you to remember where you started. Maybe even start to journal it right now. Like maybe today's the day or maybe you know what it was like when you first started and, and maybe the things that got you to where you are today, even though you might not be where you wanna be yet, there's still milestones, ways for you to celebrate, but also ways for you to reflect and learn from each of those different parts in the journey. So what I want to do here real quick, real quick, before we jump into today's live questions is give a little shout out to one of our TASers and that TASer is Lee Winters. So Lee, I just want to say thanks so much for posting inside of the Amazing Seller Facebook group and this is exactly what he did here and I love this because he's reflecting and he's also not getting down on himself and he's just moving forward, right? And he looks at this as a milestone and really, really sweet and simple. He writes, exactly 60 days since my first Amazon sale. So he's saying, okay, my first sale was 60 days ago and he says one milestone at a time and he shows a screenshot and that screenshot gives the uh, the 30-day the window as far as like what he's done in the past 30 days. So basically, the screenshot has today's earnings, $154.89, 11 units. Seven days was $1,468.98, 102 units. And then 15 days was $3,054.83, 217 units. And then 30 days was $5,011.32, 368 units. So number one, let's give Lee a round of applause. 
that was an awesome job. And thank you so much for posting that because I think people need to see this. Like there's not going to be all of these numbers all the time of people saying, well, I just did 25,000 last month or I just did 100,000 last month. Like it's funny. I was doing a Periscope the other day and uh, someone on there said, Scott, I love it how, you know, you're not one of those guys that goes out there and just, you know, talks about the millions or talks about, you know, the $100,000 months and all of that stuff and having all these people on. People a lot of times like to hear stories like this because it shows progress, but it's more it's more obtainable. It's more real. Like that's why I always talk about the 10 by 10 by one. And that is if you guys are brand new to the podcast, you don't know what that is. But that just basically means where you're shooting for $100 per day, like starting there and then growing from there. And you can see Lee has done exactly that. You know, I mean, he's He's on his way, like, but he's also not getting down on himself, and he's also reflecting on what he's done here. And, and a bunch of people jumped in and you know said, "Well done, you know, keep learning, keep pushing forward." It seems as though you are on the right track, you know. So just a lot of great support inside of that group. So if you guys are not part of our Facebook community for TAS, definitely go over and say hello and and just look around. I mean, I think you're going to learn a ton just from going there. And if you have any issues or any problems, you know, with that whatever you're you're struggling with at that time, just go to the search bar inside of that Facebook group and type in what you're struggling with, whether it's sourcing, whether it's uh shipping, uh maybe it's product research, and you'll get a bunch, a ton of other threads that have already been started and uh, you can go ahead and start looking through those. So definitely wanted to just highlight the Facebook group because it's amazing and TASers out there that you guys are awesome. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know, I appreciate you guys for being so supportive to each other inside of that Facebook group. The other thing I should probably mention, some of you may or may not know, but we generally do, I say we, myself, Chris Schaefer and Dom Sugar, we generally do, pretty much we've been doing it for the past few months, uh, every Friday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we're doing a Facebook Live where we're answering the questions in the TAS community. So if you are not a part of that or maybe you didn't even know about that, definitely make sure that you're connected inside of our Facebook community, but then also make sure that you're around at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time and you can get on there live. You can ask us questions. Uh, It's a way, again, for us to connect with you and help you wherever you are in your journey at that moment, all right? So just definitely wanted to remind you of that. And the last thing I did want to say before we jump into today's live questions that I'm going to be answering here. I wanted to quickly give you a little update on our North Carolina meetup. Uh, Some of you have asked in the past, Scott, when are you going to do one in North Carolina? I know that's close to where you are now. I'm in South Carolina, but I'm about 30 minutes to Charlotte. So we decided to do an unofficial meetup in North Carolina, and we're also going to do a private workshop. So we're going to do Friday night will be like an unofficial meetup where anyone is invited. And uh, and from there, we'll go ahead, hang out for, I don't know, three, four hours. Generally, that's what they've been. And uh, we get to hang out. We get to meet each other. We get to talk shop a little bit. And it's just a really cool way for us to connect uh, in this community. All right. So that's what we're going to be doing there. And then we also decided to do a really, really small, intimate workshop focused on building your external email list, your launch list. And really, we're not just going to be showing the strategy, which we are going to do. We're going to show that. We're also going to build one in front of you, and we're going to build yours with you. Uh, So again, it's going to be very, very small. And the reason is, is because we're going to be more hands-on here than we have in the past, but it's only going to be for 15 people. So if you're interested, 
head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live. And whether you just want to come to the unofficial meetup or if you want to come to the small workshop that we're doing, definitely go there, get all the, all the details, get on the early notification list. And depending on when you're listening to this, it may have already wrapped up but you can still get on the early notification list for whenever we do other workshops. And if this works out, I might do other ones here more frequently in this area because obviously it's easier for me. And then this way here, we can, we can reach more people. So definitely go check that out. So guys, I'm pumped up. I can't wait to jump into these questions. Let's, let's kick this baby off. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, my name is Philippe and I'm from Italy. I want to thank you, first of all, for uh, all the help and useful infos and advices that you give us. And I couldn't imagine uh, starting with a private label without your podcast. Um, I have found a product which has a few listings which are very similar to each other. Most of them uh, are well done. And I believe that the only way to enter this market is by um, differentiating myself by using another material which no one else is using and by entering the market uh, directly with a bundle with the other five accessories which would be uh, something like a starter kit and no one else is selling a bundle for this main product the problem the problem with the, the bundle is that um, my price would be double or more than competitors for every possible main keyword. And I, th- I fear this would prevent me to reach uh, the first pages. Do you think uh, I should start small with just the main product in a different material or give more value and unique- uniqueness from the beginning with the bundle? Thank you very much again and I hope in an answer. Bye. Hey, Philippe, thank you so much for the question all the way from Italy. That is awesome. So thank you so much. And I'm a big fan of Italy. I would uh, love to visit one day and have some authentic Italian food. That would be amazing. I'm a big Italian food lover. Um, Recently, I've been staying away from the pasta and the chicken parms because, uh, well, you know, trying to stay in shape and stuff. But uh, definitely on a cheat day, I would definitely be going for that chicken parm maybe a little pasta. That'd be really good. Um, okay. Now that I'm really hungry, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, let, let's kind of address your question here. And what you're basically asking, I believe is you want to differentiate yourself with bundling because there's two products that you think go really well together. And if you put those two together, then you'll stand out and, not a lot of people are really doing that right now, but the the fear is now you're going to be priced more, so people that are searching for one or the other, you're going to be more expensive even though you're bundled. I get it. I, I, I understand that. So here's my thought. Number one, if you're going to bundle something, you probably should just list them individually too. Now, when you do that though, it's going to add a little bit more complexity to it, meaning you would have to source three different products in a sense because you're going to have individual ones so that's you know one of each so now you're um, you have another skew right so you have two skews now and then if you bundle it that's got to be in one package so then technically you have three skews all right so there's advantages to that as well but then this way here you can still compete on the singles 
Uh, but you, you you now have the bundle, which then people would buy because if they look at the two individual, and you would price it that way too. You would price it where yours, let, let's say it's $9.95 for the one, $9.95 for the other. I'm sorry, let's do $14.95 for each, and then your bundle is $19.95. So it makes like, it's a no-brainer to do that. The other cool thing about doing that is if you if you have people coming in searching for the one item, you're going to show up. You almost use those lower price point products as your lead-in offer. And if you if you bring people in there and then they're exposed to the bundle, it's a, you know again, it's a no-brainer. They're going to look at it and go, "Well, that makes like so much sense. Like I need both of them and I would buy both of them, but I'm going to individually buy one for more. If I spend an extra 5 bucks, I get both. No-brainer, right?" Um, but like you said, if you go at this thing with just putting the bundle together first, you can try it, but it might be harder to get things going. The other cool thing about this though, I keep going back to the the things that's, you know, the positive things here is now you also get to have more search terms and keywords around your listings because you have two different types of products. Um, so I I guess what I'm saying is, is you gotta kind of, you gotta look at, the competition that's there right now for the singles, can you compete with the singles even though you might not be like really super different? Um, Or can you do something to each of those products to make them a little bit unique by not going out and doing new molds and all of that stuff? Like are there things you can do there? And is it too competitive to go singly you know, with each of those products, uh, and, and could you even compete there if you wanted to? So I know I'm throwing a lot of questions at you, but these are things that you need to think about, and there's things that I can't really decide unless I had this stuff in front of me with the numbers, the depth, the demand, and the history, and all of that stuff that I've talked about before, which is in episode 189. So if you guys want to know more about like depth, demand, and stuff, and how do I, how I kind of look at the history. That's episode 189. Um, you definitely want to check that out because that'll give you some insight as far as how to kind of reverse engineer those numbers and see what it's done in the past and, and the depth and, and all that stuff. But I think you're on the right track. Now, let me ask you this. Again, I'm asking you, but you're not going to be able to give me the answer, but you can ask yourself this question because this is what I'd be asking you if we were having that cup of coffee is if you were to take your bundle and let's say you put the two together are you still able to make that a really attractive offer? So meaning if they were to buy one, you know, one product of each, let's say it is $15 each, and you're going to come in and do a bundle for $22.95, and you're still going to make a good margin on that, that's a no-brainer too because then you can come into the market a little bit higher because now when people are searching for that single item, you're going to be displayed Hopefully on page one, if you do a lot of promotion for it, if you do a lot of sponsored product ads and stuff like that. Think about this now. If you have if you have that bundle, and let's say it's selling for $22.95, and your competitors are selling theirs for $15 or maybe even $19.97, that would be great if they were, because now you would come in at $22.95 for two of them. If you started running sponsored product ads to each of those products, so when someone's searching for the single thing, they're going to see your bundle for just $22.95 or even $24.95 and theirs is 19.95 again you're showing up to the right people and you know we talk a lot about that about message uh, you know messaging or or finding the right message for your audience or the right target and by you going after the garlic press but actually people that search for the garlic press also search for the garlic bag and now when they search for the garlic press they see that bundle in front of them and it's 
it's really a great deal because they're like, well, I buy the garlic press for $19.95. I can get the garlic press and the garlic bag, which the garlic bag normally is $12.95. I could buy those two together for $24.95 or something like that. You get what I'm saying. So those are some things to think about, to consider. Hopefully this has been helpful or anyone else out there thinking about bundling. Bundling is a great way to differentiate yourself, but you have to look at exactly what you're seeing here and making sure that you're not uh, going to be overpricing yourself to where no one will even want it because it's too expensive. Um, you have to make it attractive and you have to make it where it's a no-brainer. Um, and by doing that, you, you really need to go over your costs and go over what you think the max is going to be. And if you can do this as a, as a test run, that would be my first bit of advice. If you can do like you know, 50 or 100 and then just bundle them together. Um, you know, my good friend Rich Kibble has done this in the past really well where he took two popular products, merged them together, and he really did that in the beginning by having two items shipped to his house, put them in a poly bag or a box, and then shipped them in. So he did it by hand just to really validate the market and the concept that it was going to work. And then it did, and then he had the manufacturers start to package those two together. So hopefully that helped. Let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Romil from Ohio. First of all, thank you so much for helping and inspiring so many of us every day. Uh, you're truly doing an amazing job. Uh, so I have recently started listening to your podcast, and in, I'm in the product research phase right now. Um, can you please talk about the process of getting ungated sample ordering and testing the market first and then ordering the big order like 500 units from Alibaba for a gated category? I'm struggling with the sequence of these three steps. So if you just order the samples to test the market, is it possible to sell it without getting ungated? If not, then how do I get ungated just with the samples does alibaba suppliers provide invoices for samples uh would amazon ungate me with such a small quantity like five units uh just it, i would appreciate it if you can uh, shed some light on this topic again thanks for all the help have a nice day Hey, Ramil, thank you so much for the question. And this is a good question. I like this question because, uh, well, it can be challenging to get ungated with a handful of your product, right? Because we need to split that up into three invoices. As of right now, to get ungated, that is one of the pieces that you need to do to get ungated. The other option, though, that you have, and there's a couple things that you can do here, and I'll kind of go through these with you right now. But the first thing is maybe what you do is you look for a different category that fits what you're selling without it being gated. Um, it has to make sense, though. I wouldn't say to do this just to kind of game the system so you can get your product up and running. I would try to find something that's a related category that makes sense but yet might not need to be ungated at this point. And then if you start to see that you can get sales, because now even though you're not in that category, you can still promote that product. You can still get sales. It's just pay-per-click will be more expensive and, uh, and things like that. The ranking might be a little bit uh, more challenging, but again, it'll still get validated. So that would be one option. The other option would be to buy more than five units. Um, I know you're trying to do this probably low cost and you're probably trying to do it with, 
you know, just five units. I mean, that's that's really a small order. Um, I would say if you're gonna try to get ungated, you're gonna you're gonna want to split like maybe fifty up into you know three uh, three batches uh, or maybe sixty, and you do twenty, twenty, and twenty or something like that. And this way here, you have those three invoices. Uh, if you guys are brand new and you don't know the process of getting ungated, we did a full episode on this in episode two twelve. So theamazingseller.com forward slash two twelve, and uh, we go through that myself and Chris Schaefer and give you a detailed, you know, kind of a way to kind of go through this process step by step. And uh, you guys can check that out if you're interested. I'll also link that up in the show notes. But um, that's that's like my recommendation. Like if you're going to go into a category that's gated, you are going to have to go through that process or you're going to have to find another category that isn't gated that you can still sell that product in that makes sense. All right. The other the other little bit of advice would be, well, maybe you hold off on this one and you start with another category that's not gated with a different product, maybe one that's related. But then, you know, if you wanted to later, you can then take the two products and, and uh, you know, help them sell each other by, you know, showing up this, you know, frequently bought together and all of those things. So this way here, or if you're doing like an open brand concept, it doesn't really matter. You can just say, okay, on this category, I'm going to hold off on right now. I'm going to go over here to this category because I had another product over here that I was thinking about launching. That's not related to this one. And that's what we call our open brand concept. It's where you're, you're launching different types of products under one umbrella brand, meaning, uh, something like a Walmart or a target, they are the umbrella of the brand. And then they sell sub brands underneath, you know, their main brand. So, you know, yes, they have sometimes their own PL products like target has their own brand. Uh, Walmart has their own brand. You know, usually the grocery stores have their own brands, but I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like, you know, let's say the grocery store sells Tide. But, uh, you know, the name of the, uh, you know, or Walmart, they, they, they sell Tide, you know, detergent. Well, that's a sub brand, obviously, underneath. It's, it's a brand that they sell under their umbrella, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. That's kind of the open brand concept. But again, depending on what you're doing is, is going to decide what you can do here. But hopefully that's giving you a little bit of direction there on what to do. If you have not went through episode 212, I strongly recommend that you do that because that is the process. And uh, it might be more challenging if you have only a handful of products to do this. You, you know, you're probably going to need to order more and then have your supplier break that up into uh, into different batches. So this way here you can show three different invoices because that is part of the process. All right. So thanks again for the question. I appreciate it. And good luck to you. Keep me posted. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question. We'll wrap this baby up, let you get on with your weekend. We'll call it a day. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott. My name is Jake Bass. I'm calling you from my morning commute to work right now. I just wanted to call in and let you know that I appreciate everything that you do. Uh, So does the TAS community. We are all grateful for the information that you provide us. Um, I've been a longtime listener. I'm finally sourced a product, and it's uh, being shipped into the United States from China right now. My main question is, with the current political situation that the United States is in and the possible trade deals being changed or modified, are you concerned at all about sourcing from China? And if so, are you looking into alternative options about sourcing from the United States? Um, I'm sure everybody pretty much inside of the TAS community would love to source from the United States, but pricing is a valid concern. And um, 
event selection. So I wanted to see if uh, you had any recommendations or if that was in your future plans, and if so, what the steps you're planning on taking to source from the United States is going to be. Um, if you could answer my question, I would be very grateful and uh, keep on pressing on, man. Uh, I love your show and uh, I'm going to continue listening it, to it. Have a good one, Scott. Hey, Jake, thank you so much for the question on the morning commute. Man, the morning commute. I hope that it's a decent commute for you. Uh, and I'm just uh, I'm glad that I'm able to help you uh, with that journey uh, by uh, by putting out uh, some of this content for you to consume while you're going to work. I'm not sure if you love your job. Um, some people do still love their job. I know myself, it was really hard for me. And I, they didn't have podcasts and stuff when I was getting into uh, you know, the online world or even my brick and mortar business in the beginning. Like Podcasts weren't even really a thing. Uh, so I can't even imagine how how distracted, in a sense, I would be going to work and thinking about, I have to go to work, focus on what I'm, what I'm hired to do, but then in the back of my mind, I got all of these other things I'm thinking about that I want to work on as soon as, as soon as I get out of here, like the minute I get out of here, like I got I to gotta start working on this stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, hopefully it's a good drive. Hopefully um, you still enjoy your job uh, a little. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. But hey, thanks so much for the question. Um, okay, so, you know, I, I've had this question, you know, when the whole when the whole, you know, politics thing started and, you know, you know, you know, the whole election was happening and all of that stuff. And and the big thing was, you know, Trump is going to, uh, you know, be, you know, slapping importers with this this humongous tax and, and all of that stuff. And what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do, Scott? Are you just going to stop now? Are you going to stop private labeling? Are you going to stop, you know, physical products? Or what are you going to do? Are you going to stop? And and the answer is um, no, I'm not going to stop. Um, am I really thinking that far down the line? Not really. Uh, so many things can change. If we sit here and we think about everything that could happen, we'll never do anything. Never. So I'm still looking at products in China. I'm still sourcing products in China. I'm still selling products that we get from China. And if that happens, it happens, uh, you know, and then we'll deal with it. You know, the worst case is we're going to pay more money for our products. So we better have good margins. Um, and then we'll probably have to then consider U.S. suppliers and say, can we work with them? At that point, maybe we have a good volume going that we say to a U.S. supplier, listen, you know, we order 5,000 units a month of these. You know, what can you do for us? Maybe it works out to our favor. I don't know. Um, but I will say this. If all we do is sit here and, and think about what's going to happen or what could happen, I mean, heck, I mean, Amazon just came out with another update about their reviews, right? Well, I'm, I'm sorry, not about reviews, about follow-up. They, they did reviews a little while back. That was a big thing, right? And now all of a sudden, it's like with the follow-up emails, like they're giving the customer a way for them to stop getting your emails. Oh, no. Now, now what do we do? Do we stop? Is it over? Is, you know, are, are we able to, you know, still, you know, reach our customers some way? Yeah, there's still ways, you know, you're still going to follow up as of right now. You can still send emails, uh, you know, through your, through your Amazon account as you always could. It's just, they have the, the option to opt out, which I don't think is a bad thing because if you're hitting them over the head every day with an email to buy another product, I actually had someone reach out to me and say, Scott, can I, can I email through Amazon? all of my past customers and let them know of a new product that I have coming out? And the answer is no, 
Like that's what they're saying. If you're following up with them on a recent purchase and you're making sure that they are happy and that they're satisfied and you're giving them extra value, they're not going to care. I mean, they're just not going to. Yeah, you're going to get a handful that are like, you know what? I don't want to hear from this company. I just bought from you. I don't want to keep hearing from you. You're just going to get those cranky people and that's okay. We don't want those people on, on our list anyway. So, you know, it's just a way for them to be able to uh, unsubscribe. So it's not a big deal, all right? And I know that's not your question, but what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of changes that are going to happen. There's more changes coming, guys. I'm telling you that right now. Amazon is going to do other changes as more sellers come in, as they get bigger, uh, you know, as they get bigger, as they get more traffic, you know, as things happen, as things evolve, they're going to change things. And guess what? Google's going to change things too. They're going to they're going to change the way that they rank websites. Uh, guess what? Facebook they're going to change their ad platform again, and they're going to change you know how we get to communicate with people on Facebook. And guess what? Instagram's going to change. Like, there's always going to be changes. The other thing that's going to happen here, I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to predict this. If you're in a local area or your your local area, and there's a coffee shop there, mom and pop. I can guarantee you that there's going to be another coffee shop within probably five miles launched or opened, and that person is going to be devastated because now they have competition, more competition. I mean, I remember with my father's business going back in the construction days where there was a Lowe's that was getting ready to build about a mile down the road from us, one mile. Now, you would say, well, okay, that's just building supply materials. No, they started offering installation services. Oh, my gosh. We had a meeting, and we brought everyone in, and we're like, you know, we got to step up our game. We got to focus more on customer service. We got to offer, you know, lifetime warranty with, you know, with, uh, you know, free exchange and, like, all of these different things. We started to panic because Lowe's was coming in, but you know what? It didn't really hurt our business. If anything, people came to us because they didn't want to deal with a big major company. Yes, some people did still. They they went there because it was cheaper. But you always have people too that still want to get service. They still want to know who they're communicating with. Um, you know, and that's just like our photography business. Like we could have grew that bigger without myself and my wife being a part of you know the picture taking. But then we would have lost the personal touch. Right? You could have Sears. Uh, who I don't even know if they still do photography, but you know people would go there and get, you know their their package that they would advertise. You know, get uh, one pose, but you'd get a hundred different pictures in this little package for like fifteen bucks. We were still selling ours for over hundred and fifty dollars, and we had people coming in every single day, right? So my point is this, and I know that it, you know I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I think it's necessary. Don't sit there and think to yourself. I just heard something's going to happen, so should I not do anything? The answer is, if you feel like you're going to be thinking like this all the time and you can't get past it, then being an entrepreneur is not for you, period. If you are going to be dwelling and thinking about this stuff day in and day out, it's not the right business for you. But let me ask you this, like, you know, you're driving to work right now, maybe, okay, and you're thinking to yourself, this is, a, this is a slam dunk. I'm going to work. I'm going to get paid next week. You know how many people have been let go at the end of that week? There's been a lot of people that go to work that morning and they find out at the end of the day that they no longer have a job after the next two weeks or they're downsizing. Like that's happened all the time to people, right? It's been happening for years. 
So there's things that are going to happen. This Trump thing, I have no idea if it's going to happen. Do you know how many things it has to go through? Do you know how many channels it has to go through to get approved? Everyone thinks that, you know, Trump came in and all of a sudden, everything he says that he's going to do is going to happen. We all know that that's not the truth. He can just voice his opinion or he can say, this is what I want to do. Start the bill. And it's got to be passed. It's got to be voted on. Like, it's not just his decision. He's the driving force, yes, but it's just him giving oh, this is what I want to do, and he's going to get his team behind it, but then it's got to be voted on, uh, you know, by, you know, by Congress and, and you know, what other, what, whatever other channels it has to go through, but so many people think just because he said it, it's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It might happen, and you know what? If it happens, it happens. Uh, then I'll deal with it, but I'm not worrying about dealing with something that I have no control over right now, and I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. Like, it's just not going to happen. So anyway, I'm sorry for the tangent. I think it was necessary, and uh, you know, I just I just feel very strongly about change and pivoting, and it's been happening for me, you know, since I started out of high school working for my father and seeing all the changes in that business, and then going into photography, and then being in that business and seeing all the changes there, and then building websites and getting them ranked, and then seeing Amazon or I'm sorry, uh, Google change things, and then we lose our rankings. Uh, you know, like I've seen all this stuff happen. Facebook ads, like I was running Facebook ads for my photography business and they made changes and then all of a sudden it was harder. Now all of a sudden what? You, do, do you stop running ads? No, you just adapt. You know, that that's it. You're just adapting and pivoting and, and not thinking too, too far ahead because things are going to change. So you heard it here first. Things are going to change. All right. And you're going to have to adjust. It's just the way it works. All right. So guys, I think that's going to wrap it up. I got a little fired up there at the end, but I think it was necessary, and I hope hope you guys got some value from that. I hope hopefully it, it sets your mind at ease, or it lets you say to yourself, maybe this isn't for me, you know. And and if that's the case, I want to be that voice for you too to let you know that it's not all you know, it's not all you know, rosy. Like there's not always going to be, you know, this this awesome part of the journey going to you know going through this entrepreneurship. It's not like there's there's ups and downs through anything. Um, you've always, you know, heard people say, you know, grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. And I believe that like you think it might be until you get there. Then you're like, you start complaining. And then, you know, I mean, think about it. How many times have you done that? You probably said the exact same thing. You're like, man, if I could just do that, my life would be perfect. And then you go ahead and you do it and you get it. And you're like, you start complaining about that thing, you know, and it just, it's just a matter of time. So just think about that. Every time you're thinking about complaining, think about it for a second and ask yourself, is it really worth complaining and are you thinking too far down the line? All right, guys, so that is going to wrap up this episode. Remember, the show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 349 and uh, you can get all the show notes, the transcripts, links that we talked about there and I just want to remind you guys about the milestone thing in the beginning that I talked about. Remember where you started. I think that's important to remember. Remember where you started. Write it down today where you are and then look back at it three months, six months, nine months, a year and you'll be amazed at what you've done. Not just all of the good stuff you've done. Yes, that's cool but you're going to also see what you learned by going through some of these sticking points and I really, truly believe that. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. If you're in the car, if you're on the run, say it out loud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.